Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday, and I get to preach, and I'm so a little messed up here. <clears throat> so, probably a lot of clearing my throat, maybe some coughing. Apologies in advance. And the camera's a bit closer than normal because I can't really raise my voice as much. So, we are going to get through this because God wills it. And um, I've been praying about a lot all week long for him to give me the ability to still be able to preach. And here I am. And uh, my cohort in crime, one of my cohorts, uh, Jason Gant, he's going to be preaching at the nursing home later. He actually preached at the nursing home last week, too. Uh, I had an emergency, and, and he stepped up. And um, he's going to be preaching there again, which uh, me and him have been uh, talking a lot about it. It's honestly an answer to prayer. Uh, he asked God to make it painfully obvious that um, pastorship is, is what he wanted for him. And he made it painfully obvious because he has literally dropped it right in his lap. So, um, so we're going to just jump right into this. I kind of went blank there for a minute. And um, I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Lord, we love you. Father, thank you for giving us this day. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to stand here in front of the congregation on YouTube and be able to preach to you, be able to preach to those that that you that you want me to to reach into their hearts, Lord. Be able to speak to them through you, through your words, Lord. Thank you for, for blessing me with this word that you've given. And Lord, I pray that the Spirit speaks through me. And that I am a vessel for for your glory. And then everyone that hears their, their hearts will be opened, their spirits will be invigorated, and they will know that Jesus is Lord. Father, please let, let my words be easy to understand. Let me be able to speak well and good the way that you want me to speak. And please let this sermon represent you represent everything that you want it to represent, to say everything that you want it to say. And help me to serve you, Lord, to the fullest. I pray this, and I thank you, and I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright? Let's start off in John chapter 16. My wife's little dog keeps eyeballing me. I think she thinks I have a treat. I'm kind of the treat guy. I uh, I make sure she has the treats. Let's see here. John 16, <clears throat> verse 27 and 28. <clears throat> For the Father himself loveth you. This is Jesus speaking. Because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world, and go to the Father. Let me read that a little bit. Let me do that again. For the Father himself loveth you. 
Father in heaven, God himself. Because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Jesus did come out from God. He wasn't a creation of God. Or isn't a creation of God. He is God. He came from God. Now you can say all of us came from God. But we came from from God in the sense that He used His power to create us. He used His love to create us. He created us from nothing. But Jesus came from God. As the Spirit comes from God. Jesus is God. And the Father Himself loves us because we believe that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is God and came from God. The Word of God made flesh. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Jesus came from the Father. God. And He came into the world out of heaven. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Again. The way this is said, again He leaves the world and goes to the Father. That that makes you think that perhaps Jesus has been here before. That perhaps he has walked upon the world before. Because he's saying he's leaving the world again to go to the Father. He has been here before. Many times. But when he was here before his birth... He wasn't here. He didn't have the name Jesus. He was and is and always has been and always will be the Word of God. There was a time, uh, the, the high priest in the Chilzadek, I don't know if anyone has ever read this. The high priest in the Chilzadek is mentioned a couple of times in the Bible. The high priest of the Chilzadek had no beginning and no end. No beginning and no end. Sounds kind of like God, huh? Because the high priest of Melchizedek is Jesus. Before Jesus had the name Jesus, before Jesus was born on earth as a man, the high priest Melchizedek was, is, Jesus. And uh, me and Jason, we've had this conversation before. So, when God came down, before He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, He came down with two angels. And Abraham, as soon as he saw God with the two angels, he immediately knew Him. He immediately knew the fleshly body of God. That God chose to be his body at that point in time. And knew that the two other bodies with him were angels. He immediately knew them. How did he know them? How did Abraham know them? 
does does God always take the same body when he comes down as a human being? I don't know. I don't know if he does or he doesn't. But Abraham knew him. That's the first time that it's been written that God took a fleshly form and walked upon the earth. It's not the first time that it's said God walked upon the earth, but it's the first time that it's written that I know of that God took a fleshly human form and walked upon the earth. And Abraham, but Abraham knew him immediately. And and the question me and Jason, uh, you know, talk amongst ourselves is: Did he look like Jesus? Because Jesus is the Word made flesh. But Jesus lived upon this earth. Well, I wouldn't say lived. But He moved upon this earth many times before He was Jesus. Uh, There's many times in the Bible, and and, uh, others will agree, I've I've read the Many theologians agree that many times in the Bible when it says the angel of the Lord, not an angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, that that is in fact Jesus before he was Jesus. So Jesus existed on the earth. He's walked upon the earth. He's moved upon the earth before he had the name Jesus. So when he says here, again, I leave the world and go to the Father. He has been here before. And he is telling his disciples, I'm about to leave the earth again and go to the Father, as I have before. I doubt they understood at that point in time what exactly he was saying. But I'm sure after the resurrection and after the ascension, when they went out into the world to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and spread it to everyone, I bet you there was many nights when they were sitting and meditating, sitting and praying, sitting and reading you know, the, their notes and, and reading all the words that had been written down that Jesus said amongst them. And they were thinking about all the things that he said. I bet you they got back to this place and they thought to themselves, What? Alright, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 14. This first scripture I'm about to read you, uh, chapter 8, verse 1, <coughs> it's, uh, it's, o- it's overused sometimes. Um, I've, I've watched it preached before, and uh, there are those that preach this in a, a really um, inappropriate way. They preach this in a way that, well, is honestly false prophetism. Um, 
they preach it in a way that well there's a lot of uh, people and I may make some some uh, particular denominations angry when I say this but there are some that believe that once you're saved you're you're good no matter what once you're saved you're going to heaven no matter what you do no matter what you say no matter what happens you're going to heaven that's it you're locked in you're locked in now if you go back to your sin you go back to living in the world this is what they believe your some of your uh, some of your rewards may be less you know, you may not have as big of a mansion. You may not live as high up as those who are really walking in the Word. But you're still getting in. Because you're saved. And that's what the good book says. That isn't what the good book says. It's not what the good book says. This sermon that I'm about to preach, honestly, I preached one similar to this just a few weeks ago. And when, I, when God started giving me this, I was thinking to myself, is this really what you want me to preach? Because this is very similar to the previous sermon. And he was like, yep. And I was like, okay. So here we are. But the good book does not say that. It does not say that once you're saved, you're done. You're good. You are born to heaven no matter what. It says that we have to walk in the Spirit. It says that we have to walk with Jesus. We have to walk as Jesus walked. It says we have to deny ourselves. It says that we need to live in the Spirit. It says that we have to repent. It says that we have to do good if we want to make an end It actually says that. Let's get into this. Chapter 8, verse 1. Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now I have seen that preached, that one scripture, so many times, and they just real quickly go after the end, go over the end. Not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then after that, they just go on about, you're not condemned. If you sin, don't worry. You are not condemned. If you happen to fall off of the off of your horse or you fall right back into the depths of sin, don't worry. God will pull you out. You are not condemned. If you if you happen to get addicted to something, you you, you kind of start letting addiction run your life. Don't worry. You're not condemned. I have I I. I it's amazing to me how irresponsible how irresponsibly I have seen others preach that one scripture. That is not what this says. This says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, you are living in Christ. Who, now this is saying those in Christ Jesus, those that are living in Christ Jesus, this is how they live. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemnation to those who walk 
At, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Who walk in the Spirit and live in Jesus Christ. To live in Jesus Christ, you cannot live in the world. You cannot live in the flesh. You have to live and walk in the Spirit. And there's no condemnation to those who walk in the Spirit To them which are in Christ Jesus. You have to walk in the Spirit. You have to live a Christ of life. You have to turn away from sin. If you live in the flesh, if you walk in the flesh, if you let the flesh run your life, you're not living in Christ Jesus. And therefore you are condemned. No condemnation applies to those who are living in Christ Jesus. No condemnation applies to those who are living in the Spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Let me read it again. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Let's pop over to uh, real quickly to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 36. Alright. John chapter 8, verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If the Son... Therefore shall make you free. This is Jesus speaking. Ye shall be free indeed. If Jesus makes you free from sin, you are free from sin. But you can't then just be like, well, I'm free from sin, so I don't really have to do anything else. I'm just going to go walking through the world. I don't have to worry. I'm free from sin. Because Jesus made me free from sin. <sighs> yep. I can pretty much do anything. Because I am free from sin. Because the Son made me free. Yes, He did. He did make us free. His sacrifice, His blood that was shed, was shed. So that I am redeemed. So that she is redeemed. So that you are redeemed. And all you have to do to gain this free gift is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, is King of Kings, is the Son of the living God, came directly from God, is God, the Word made flesh. 
and then walk in the Spirit. Repent. Serve God. Don't serve the flesh. Don't fall back into your sin. You can actually... Jesus took the chains and ripped them off of you. But you can actually put those chains back on. You can put them back on. You can lock yourself back in. I don't know why you would do it. Why any of us would do that. But we all have. Every one of us that has been redeemed has gone back and and chained ourselves back down. The difference is, the second time, is sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's harder to get back up out of that hole because then you have all the guilt on top. Jesus saved me. He saved my life and what did I do? I went right back to my sin. I don't deserve Him. I don't deserve to pull myself out of this hole. I don't deserve to climb back up on my path. I don't deserve to follow Him. That's Satan talking. But that guilt that's so heavy that you feel condemned all over you. And if you stay in that sin, if you keep those chains on, and you keep drudging around in the mud, and you don't turn away, and you don't walk in the Spirit, and you don't repent, and you don't seek Jesus, and you don't live in Jesus, and you don't walk with Him, you will be condemned. Permanent. At that point, you've turned away from God. At that point, you've denied Jesus. And Jesus said, if you deny me, I deny you before my Father. If you embrace your sin, because the guilt is so heavy, and you just keep digging in the mud, eventually you're going to fall all the way down to the bottom. And the mud will be too thick for you to climb yourself out. So we, as believers, need to also be followers. I actually say this all the time. I, I say it when I'm preaching. I say it when I'm talking to others. I say it when I'm mentoring. I say it and I preach it and I speak it and I, and I think it in my heart. And I believe it constantly. We have to walk in the Spirit. We have to follow Jesus. And following Him is not digging in the mud. Following Him is not sifting through the mud. Following Him is not putting the chains back on. Following Him is keeping the chains off. They're always there. They're always trying to reattach themselves because sin is impossible. It's impossible for us not to sin in these fleshly bodies. But it is possible to resist most sin. 
it is possible to stay turned away from your iniquity. It is possible to keep your focus on Jesus. And He will keep you out of the mud forever. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit, in the Spirit, through the Spirit, for the Spirit of God Almighty. Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 3, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus giving His flesh so that we are no longer condemned in our flesh. He gave flesh for flesh. He paid a price for us. I do not, I no longer am owned by myself. I no longer am my own. I am Jesus Christ. He paid for me. He ransomed his own flesh for my flesh. I am no longer my own. I belong to him. And everything that I own is his. Everything that I've ever owned is His. Everything that I've created, I've created through Him. He owns me. And because I am His, I am redeemed forever. As long as I stay His. And I don't go digging through the mud. Now, sometimes I'll get some mud on me. Because I am, in fact, flesh. But I sling it off. I repent. And I ask God to keep me from the pit. I ask God to help me stay clean. Do you realize that I was covered in mud and Jesus picked me up and I was covered in mud, but He can never be mud. He can never be covered in any mud. He can never commit sin. And He never did. He became sin so that I would be made free. He picked me up when I was covered in mud and He carried me unto righteousness. He paid a price for all of us. He, his flesh was the ransom. so that I no longer had to pay mine. And I am a reborn person, reborn in the Spirit, a new creation of God. And all I have to do is walk in the Spirit. And there is no condemnation to me, for I am in Christ Jesus. Do I stumble? Yes. Do I almost fall? Yes. And I will until the day comes that I no longer have to live on this wicked world. Because my flesh is incapable. 
of no sin. This flesh is dirty, but my spirit is no longer bound to this fleshly body. But does that mean that I can just do whatever I want? Nope. I have to follow Jesus. I have to pursue Him. I have to seek Him and turn away from iniquity. If it feels like I'm, if it sounds like I'm repeating myself, I am. And I will continue to repeat myself. Because we as human beings are hard-headed. As my granddaddy used to say, We're hard-headed. You have to keep drilling it into our heads for us to get it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast for our profession. The high priest, Jesus. The high priest of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek. God's order. The high priest being Jesus. Verse 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted by Satan. He's not so above us that he too was, that he wasn't tempted like, like, like the, like the world of man. Men, of this world want to put themselves above all the other people. Ones of great power, of great esteem, of great wealth. They set themselves above others. And they won't drudge around in the mud with, you know, the ones that they consider to be beneath them. Little do they know they are covered in mud more than anything. But Jesus, He was tempted as we were tempted. Greater so. He had Satan directly tempting Him. And I'm going to go as far as to say the temptations that were written were probably not the, the most of the temptations that He went through. I bet he was tempted in many other ways. He was standing in the presence of Satan. Satan is, in fact, darkness. There is no light in him, as Jesus said. And every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Jesus is not above us in the sense that he would not even feel, feel the sin that we felt. He resisted all of it and continued to resist Satan throughout his life until the day and time that he was crucified. And even then, even then, he didn't sin. How many of us, in the hour of our death, 
through immense pain and torture, how many of us would still stay completely clean? As clean as, and as white as snow? How many of us could? Our thoughts even. He was innocent from birth to death as far as his flesh is concerned. Now Jesus is God, so he has always been innocent. As God is innocent and free from sin, there is no dark in him. There is only light, the light of life. God is without sin. But as a fleshly human being, Jesus was also without sin. He never sinned. He went through all of the temptations that we go through. And he came out the other side without sin. Verse 16, For we have not an high priest... Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we are in times of need, when we are in need, we have, we obtain mercy through God and we are filled with His absolute and perfect and loving grace. He pours His grace upon us in our time of need. In our lowest hour and in our greatest triumph, God is pouring His mercy and His grace and His glory upon us because He loves us. Jesus didn't have to step out out of heaven. He didn't have to come to earth and save us. We certainly didn't deserve it. And yet He did Because He loves us. He loves us. That is the most perfect love that's ever been. His love isn't based on anything that we've ever done to deserve it. His love is based on Him. What's in Him. What is in Him. His own love. Now when we do wrong, when we do bad, when we fall into that pit, especially those of us who believe, when we start handing the chains back over and, and locking ourselves back in, he's saddened. He's hurt. Because we're choosing death over life. We're choosing darkness over light. We're choosing flesh over spirit. But He doesn't love us any less. God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God Almighty. One Lord, one God. Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they 
that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you focus and think on the things of the flesh, the things of this world, and you walk through this world and muddy yourself, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you focus on the Spirit, if you follow Jesus, if you keep His commandments, if you walk in the Spirit, and you dwell in Christ Jesus, well, that's being spiritually minded. And that is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that, that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of it. So if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, then you walk in the Spirit. You walk after Jesus. You keep His commandments. You follow Him and you love Him and you live your life for Him. Because as Jesus said, those who love me keep my commandments and those who love me not keep not my commandments. But if you do not walk in the Spirit, if you walk in the ways of this world, even as a believer... If you live in the world and you seek the things of the world and you dream only of the things of the world, if you care more about money and your love of money than following God, then you're literally giving your life away. You're saying, you're saying, that you choose death over life. You can't serve, you can't serve God and man. You can't have two masters, as Jesus said. You can only serve God or you can serve the world. But you can't serve both. So you have to walk in the ways of God. You have to follow Jesus. You have to seek Him. Now, will you have random thoughts that lead to the world? Will you still have sin? Will you still commit sin within the world? Yes, you will, because you are a human being. You are flesh. Your spirit dwells in here with the Spirit of God. So when you sin, immediately repent. Some people only pray once a day. And that once a day they ask for forgiveness. That once a day they repent. But I say to you, when you sin, at the moment in time that you realize you sin, stop, pull away, repent. Ask God to forgive you immediately, right then. Do not carry that sin around because one sin can lead to two and two sins can lead to many more sins.
But sin weighs you down. It weighs down your heart and it leads you to more sin. Do not carry the mud around, even in your pocket. Be free from it. Jesus is the freedom. Walk in the Spirit. Walk after Jesus. Seek Him. Verse 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Your body is dead to your spirit. Now, we're walking around here. I, I, you could go on a limb and say so much that the body is almost like a zombie. I know that sounds funny, but the body is still alive. Because your spirit is still in here waiting for the day and time that you get to be with Jesus. So the body is alive, but it is dead. Because sin, you are no longer condemned by sin. So the body is dead with sin. Yet living, because your spirit still remains here for a time. Until you get to be with Jesus of heaven. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Quicken. Bring life to your mortal bodies. By His Spirit that dwelleth in you. The Spirit of God lives in here with you. You in Him and Him in you. And He in the Father as Jesus. When this body falls, when it finally goes to sleep, and it is no more, the Spirit of God will take your spirit and you will ascend to heaven to be with God for all time. Beyond time. For God is the creator of time and is not bound by it. So it's safe to say heaven is without time because time has no meaning. Because God dwells in heaven. And heaven, like God, is eternal. But preacher, it says that God will remake heaven and earth. Remake it. Indeed. Remake it. Just as He remade us. From dead to life. From darkness to light. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28. 
But Jesus called them unto him and said, Dogs. Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. The word minister in the Bible means a couple things. To minister unto others generally means to, to feed them. To feed them. To take care of them, to give them food and drink and life. I am a minister. I serve God and I minister to all of you through the Word. Instead of ministering you and giving you food, I give you food for the soul. <coughs> Pardon me. I give you food for the soul. For the spirit that God gives me to give you. Jesus, even as the Son of Man, as Jesus spoke of himself, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to minister unto others, to serve. He came to serve others, to give them life, to share life with them. And his flesh, he became a ransom for me. His flesh was given in place of our own. So now we no longer have death, but life. We no longer die. Sure, this body falls, but our spirit is no longer bound to our flesh. Where before, our body dies and the spirit dies with it and goes to hell. <coughs> but now, those of us who believe and follow Jesus, our body dies and our spirit lives with Jesus in heaven. Verse 13, For if ye live after the flesh, this is in Romans, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. If you live in the flesh, if you live in this world, if you live for this world and for the flesh, and you Embrace your sin. You will die. But if you live after the Spirit and you turn away from the body and the sins and the wickedness of this world and you seek Jesus, you live. Verse 14. 
For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. <coughs> Pardon me. Let me read that again. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The children of God. Men and men. If we are led by the Spirit of God, meaning we seek the Spirit of God, meaning we walk in the Spirit of God, and we live in Christ Jesus, we are children of God. Let me read verse 1 again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, if we walk after the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, meaning the Spirit leads us and we walk after the Spirit, following the Spirit, seeking the Spirit of God, living in Christ Jesus, we are not condemned. We are redeemed. We have salvation and we will live forever with God. Now, let's go to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to finish up there. First John chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 28 and 29. <clears throat> Pardon me. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Jesus is righteous. And everyone that does righteousness is born of Jesus. And he is born of God. So we are children of God. We are children of God. And we are not condemned. But we have to walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit of God, seeking the Spirit of God, and living in Christ Jesus. As Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself. Turn away from sin. Turn away from iniquity. Turn away from the mud hole. Walk away from the mud and walk cleanly into the light, pursuing God, seeking Him, being led by the Spirit, seeking the Spirit, walking in the Spirit of God. 
And there is no condemnation of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we love You. Thank You, Father, for this sermon. Thank You for this Word. Thank You for giving me this Word and allowing me to preach it. For giving me the strength, even in my weakness, to preach Your Word. Father, I pray that these words, they reach out and they grab a hold of everyone that hears them. And they open their hearts to truth, to Jesus, and they seek You. They seek the Spirit and they walk not in the flesh any further. And Lord, I pray that if there are any that don't believe or don't know and they want to know and they want to believe and they want to follow the Lord, I pray that they call me or they call and they speak to someone and they pray and they understand and they learn to know you and love you and to seek you and to be led by you. Lord, please let these words radiate through each and every person. And let them that believe, let them follow. And let them that don't believe to believe, lead them. Lead them with the Spirit, your Spirit of God Almighty. And let them know truth and life and light. Help them to turn away from their flesh and never turn back to the Lord. I ask and pray all of these things. And I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I hope everyone has a really wonderful week. God bless you.